There is a great meaning and power behind the words of marriage vows. We often forget about the future of the marriage when we get wrapped up in the here and now. Two flesh becoming one is not a task for the faint of heart. It seems like the cornerstones of the union are treated as an option and not appreciated as an art. When troubled times arise, it is easy to sever love's connection. It's easy to quit and give up when things get tough and go in separate directions. But one flesh does not have the ability to separate from itself. The Marriage Institute was created to provide struggling couples with help. It takes more than prayer and supplications. It takes love and trust and communication. It takes serious forgiveness in throwing out the past that hurt. It takes two people who love each other and want to put in the work. The creator of the Marriage Institute is God in heaven himself. He adores the union of marriage so much, he created the Marriage Institute for help. This is Saturday Morning Live with TMI, the Marriage Institute, and I am your host, Minister Nancy Wheat. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to Saturday Morning Live with TMI. I am your host, Minister Nancy Wheat. I've gotten so many awesome questions. I need you guys to keep them coming in. So please make sure you send in your questions to the Marriage Institute email address, which is TMIDINAO at gmail.com. Okay, let's jump right into this. The writer asks, does the law of forgiveness mean you have to stay in a relationship because you are married? This is when there is no abuse, but pattern financial setback. Okay, so does the law of forgiveness mean you have to stay in a relationship because you are married? Let's stop right there. God has given everyone free will, right? No one said you had to stay in a relationship, but I do believe that when you say I do, uh, it means you're in this thing to death do we part, or another way to put it, divorce is not an option. Let's go back and break down the word forgiveness. What does forgiveness mean? My 1828 edition Webster says, Forgiveness means to overlook an offense and treat the offender as not guilty. In other words, it's as if the person didn't do it or when we forgive, we're now treating the person as though it never happened. So if something never happened, then why do we want to leave someone? I read an article by Christine Wesson. And she wrote this about forgiveness. She said, our mind is always responding to feelings and anger is anger and hatred is hatred. And while you are producing it, you are also feeling it. That's deep right there. Feelings create chemical reactions and then negative hormones flood through your body and every cell of your body is being bathed in hormones that will make you sick and get old. Forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is for you to heal you. You may feel justified in holding on to unforgiveness against others or feel you have every right to hold on to anger, but you must ask yourself, who am I hurting when I hold on to this anger and unforgiveness? You know the answer is you. You're hurting yourself. The person or people who may have hurt you in the past, but holding on to the unforgiveness mean that you continue to hurt, not the person, 
but you. Every time you relive the event, you feel the feelings of that event. Forgive and you will be forgiven is what Jesus said. The whole time you hold on to unforgiveness, you cannot be forgiven. If you are finding it difficult to forgive or you feel fully justified or entitled to be angry, ask yourself this question. Would I rather be right or would I rather be happy? If you'd rather be right, then carry on with what you're doing and hold on to the unforgiving thoughts. But if you'd rather be happy, you have to let it go. Forgiveness means letting it go as if it never happened. What did Jesus say about forgiveness? Matthew 28, no, I'm sorry, Matthew 18, 21 through 22. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I felt led to explain the meaning of forgiveness before I answered the question. So the question is, the writer is asking, does the law of forgiveness mean you have to stay in a relationship because you're married? Well, the law of forgiveness is not about staying in a relationship with anyone. The law of forgiveness is about forgiving someone who has done you wrong. Whether you stay with the person is up to you. The second half of the question stated, this is when there is no abuse, but pattern financial setback. Okay, I would hope you would not leave your spouse due to a pattern financial setback, but rather uh, get to the root of the pattern. This is the reason why this has become a pattern. Why is, you should be asking yourself, there is a reason why this has come a pattern. Why is this a pattern? Get to the root and then sit down and communicate with each other or get some counseling. So I hope this helped you, writer. So I'm going to move on to the next question. The next writer asks, is it possible to love but not like your spouse? Oh, my Lord, Jesus, 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 help us all. Is it possible to love but not like your spouse? Absolutely. God did not command us to like but to love one another. When it comes to our spouses, we have got to pray, pray, and then pray some more. I have not read in God's word where he said, married folks must like each other. Ephesians 5, 21, 22, 25, 29, 33 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence or respects her husband. So yes, I believe it is possible to love but not like your spouse. Gotta love them because they sure can't come up missing. Yes, I did say that. Lord, please help us, sister. Okay, so writer, I hope you got something out of that and I'm going to move on to the next question. The writer asks, can spouses truly have friends of the opposite sex opposing lifestyles? I believe that spouses can have friends of the opposite sex, but I would not 
recommended. Why you ask? I believe both spouses will be feeling some type of way. And I'm not talking about in a good way. Both of you will be uncomfortable knowing that the other one is hanging out with a close friend who is of the opposite sex. The both of you should be hanging out with each other, right? I'm talking about married folks. I believe it's okay to get an opinion every now and then from another man or woman, but not on a consistent basis. Married folks should not be sharing information with the opposite sex on a regular basis with someone they are not married to. I don't care if it's an opposing lifestyle or not. Don't do it. You're asking for trouble. And I'm not talking about uh, trouble like uh, your eyebrow turned up. I'm talking about knock down, knock out, heated fellowship. Don't do it. There have been plenty of folks who have done this and it damaged their marriage in a big way. Emotional affairs, physical infidelity, and even simple flirtatious are a few examples. Some spouses have a history of wounds from past experience with the opposite sex relationships. Old feelings of fear, insecurity, I can see jealousy emerging. It all could be damaging to um, to the marriage. Y'all, we gotta keep our marriages protected, right? Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage is honorable, meaning marriage is decent, it's worthy, it's proper, it's upright, it's noble, and it's good. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled, meaning the bed is pure, the bed is unstained, and the bed is clean. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. I'm not saying this can't be done because all things are possible, but it is not a good idea to go that route. Married folks, in my opinion, should hang out with other married folks. And I'm just keeping it real. Talk to other married folks for advice and stuff like that. So I'm going to say, yes, they can have friends of the opposite sex, but I don't recommend it. You're playing with fire and somebody could get burned. This is Saturday Morning Live with TMI, and I am your host, Minister Nancy Wheat, saying to the unmarried, get in your purpose. And if you're already in your purpose, stay focused on it. And to my covenant partners, like Fred Hammond said, tell me where it hurts and I'll fix it. I am God, the one who heals. So, covenant partners, if you are hurting, tell God about it. He can fix it. Trust me, I guarantee you, he can fix it. Jehovah Rapha is his name, the God that healeth thee. Till next time, divorce is not an option. There is a great meaning and power behind the words of marriage vows. We often forget about the future of the marriage when we get wrapped up in the here and now. Two flesh becoming one is not a task for the faint of heart. It seems like the cornerstones of the union are treated as an option and not appreciated as an art. When troubled times arise, it is easy to sever love's connection. It's easy to quit and give up when things get tough and go in separate directions. But one flesh does not have the ability to separate from itself. The Marriage Institute was created to provide struggling couples with help. It takes more than prayer and supplications. 
It takes love and trust and communication. It takes serious forgiveness in throwing out the past that hurt. It takes two people who love each other and want to put in the work. The creator of the Marriage Institute is God in heaven himself. He adores the union of marriage so much, he created the Marriage Institute for help. This is Saturday Morning Live with TMI, the Marriage Institute, and I am your host, Minister Nancy Wheat. There is a great meaning and power behind the words of marriage vows. We often forget about the future of the marriage when we get wrapped up in the here and now. Two flesh becoming one is not a task for the faint of heart. It seems like the cornerstones of the union are treated as an option and not appreciated as an art. When troubled times arise, it is easy to sever love's connection. It's easy to quit and give up when things get tough and go in separate directions. But one flesh does not have the ability to separate from itself. The Marriage Institute was created to provide struggling couples with help. It takes more than prayer and supplications. It takes love and trust and communication. It takes serious forgiveness in throwing out the past that hurt. It takes two people who love each other and want to put in the work. The creator of the Marriage Institute is God in heaven himself. He adores the union of marriage so much he created the Marriage Institute for help. This is Saturday Morning Live with TMI, the Marriage Institute, and I am your host, Minister Nancy Wheat. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to Saturday Morning Live with TMI. I am your host, Minister Nancy Wheat. I've gotten so many awesome questions. I need you guys to keep them coming in. So please make sure you send in your questions to the Marriage Institute email address, which is TMI. D-I-N-A-O at gmail.com. Okay, let's jump right into this. The writer asks, does the law of forgiveness mean you have to stay in a relationship because you are married? This is when there is no abuse, but pattern financial setback. Okay, so does the law of forgiveness mean you have to stay in a relationship because you are married? Let's stop right there. God has given everyone free will, right? No one said you had to stay in a relationship, but I do believe that when you say I do, uh, it means you're in this thing to death do we part, or another way to put it, divorce is not an option. Let's go back and break down the word forgiveness. What does forgiveness mean? My 1828 edition Webster says, forgiveness means to overlook an offense and treat the offender as not guilty. In other words, it's as if the person didn't do it or when we forgive, we're now treating the person as though it never happened. So if something never happened, then why do we want to leave someone? I read an article by Christine Wesson, and she wrote this about forgiveness. She said, our mind is always responding to feelings, and anger is anger, and hatred is hatred. And while you are producing it, you are also feeling it. That's deep right there. Feelings create chemical reactions and then negative hormones flood through your body and every cell of your body is being bathed in hormones that will make you sick 
and get old. Forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is for you to heal you. You may feel justified in holding on to unforgiveness against others or feel you have every right to hold on to anger, but you must ask yourself, who am I hurting when I hold on to this anger and unforgiveness? You know the answer is you. You're hurting yourself. The person or people who may have hurt you in the past but holding on to the unforgiveness mean that you continue to hurt, not the person, but you. Every time you relive the event, you feel the feelings of that event. Forgive and you will be forgiven is what Jesus said. The whole time you hold on to unforgiveness, you cannot be forgiven. If you are finding it difficult to forgive or you feel fully justified or entitled to be angry, ask yourself this question. Would I rather be right or would I rather be happy? If you'd rather be right, then carry on with what you're doing and hold on to the unforgiving thoughts. But if you'd rather be happy, you have to let it go. Forgiveness means letting it go as if it never happened. What did Jesus say about forgiveness? Matthew 28 no, I'm sorry, Matthew 18, 21 through 22. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I felt led to explain the meaning of forgiveness before I answered the question. So the question is, the writer is asking, does the law of forgiveness mean you have to stay in a relationship because you're married. Well, the law of forgiveness is not about staying in a relationship with anyone. The law of forgiveness is about forgiving someone who has done you wrong. Whether you stay with the person is up to you. The second half of the question stated, this is when there is no abuse, but pattern financial setback. Okay, I would hope you would not leave your spouse due to a pattern financial setback but rather uh, get to the root of the pattern. This is the reason why this has become a pattern. Why is, you should be asking yourself, there is a reason why this has come a pattern. Why is this a pattern? Get to the root and then sit down and communicate with each other or get some counseling. So I hope this helped you, writer. So I'm gonna move on to the next question. The next writer asks, is it possible to love but not like your spouse? Oh, my Lord, Jesus, 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 help us all. Is it possible to love but not like your spouse? Absolutely. God did not command us to like, but to love one another. When it comes to our spouses, we have got to pray, pray, and then pray some more. I have not read in God's word where he said, married folks must like each other. Ephesians 5, 21, 22, 25, 29, 33 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular 
so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence or respects her husband. So yes, I believe it is possible to love but not like your spouse. Gotta love them, because they sure can't come up missing. Yes, I did say that. Lord, please help us, sister. Okay, so writer, I hope you got something out of that, and I'm going to move on to the next question. The writer asks, can spouses truly have friends of the opposite sex opposing lifestyles? I believe that spouses can have friends of the opposite sex, but I would not recommend it. Why, you ask? I believe both spouses will be feeling some type of way, and I'm not talking about in a good way. Both of you will be uncomfortable knowing that the other one is hanging out with a close friend who is of the opposite sex. The both of you should be hanging out with each other, right? I'm talking about married folks. I believe it's okay to get an opinion every now and then from another man or a woman, but not on a consistent basis. Married folks should not be sharing information with the opposite sex on a regular basis with someone they are not married to. I don't care if it's an opposing lifestyle or not. Don't do it. You're asking for trouble. And I'm not talking about uh, trouble like uh, your eyebrow turned up. I'm talking about knock down, knock out, heated fellowship. Don't do it. There have been plenty of folks who have done this and it damaged their marriage in a big way. Emotional affairs, physical infidelity, and even simple flirtatious are a few examples. Some spouses have a history of wounds from past experience with the opposite sex relationships, old feelings of fear, insecurity. I can see jealousy emerging. It all could be damaging to um, to the marriage. Y'all, we got to keep our marriages protected, right? Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage is honorable, meaning marriage is decent, it's worthy, it's proper, it's upright, it's noble, and it's good. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled, meaning the bed is pure, the bed is unstained, and the bed is clean. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. I'm not saying this can't be done because all things are possible, but it is not a good idea to go that route. Married folks, in my opinion, should hang out with other married folks. And I'm just keeping it real. Talk to other married folks for advice and stuff like that. So I'm going to say, yes, they can have friends of the opposite sex, but I don't recommend it. You're playing with fire and somebody could get burned. This is Saturday Morning Live with TMI, and I am your host, Minister Nancy Wheat, saying to the unmarried, get in your purpose. And if you're already in your purpose, stay focused on it. And to my covenant partners, like Fred Hammond said, tell me where it hurts and I'll fix it. I am God, the one who heals. So, covenant partners, if you are hurting, tell God about it. He can fix it. Trust me, I guarantee you, he can fix it. Jehovah Rapha is his name, the God that healeth thee. Till next time, divorce is not an option. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to Saturday Morning Live with TMI. I am your host, Minister Nancy Wheat. Okay, I have a question for the brothers out there. What is the problem? How come I have not gotten any question from any of the brothers? 
I'm going to have to ask my hubby to submit a question just so I can get a question from a brother. Okay, moving on. Today, we have three questions on the table and hopefully I'll be able to get to all of them without taking up too much of your time. I appreciate all of my listeners and listeners. Thank you so much for sharing. I hope you all are getting something out of Saturday Morning Live. So let's get started. The writer asks, how do I learn to trust without letting my past experiences affect the new relationship? Well, listener, before getting into anything that's new, you must first heal from the past or the old relationship, which has a lot to do with forgiveness. Whoever hurt you for whatever reason, you got to forgive them. Forgiveness is the key to this question here. If you haven't listened to Saturday Morning Live number three, I suggest you go back and check it out. It will help you understand the meaning of forgiveness. So once forgiveness is done, you can now begin to heal first, then learn how to trust again. Let me say this. Everyone is made different. We all have our own thumbprint. No two are alike in any way. Just because let's say someone named Peter had trust issues does not mean Paul going to have trust issues as well. We also are all human. We're not perfect. We all have our own little craziness, but it's up to the other person to decide if they're going to deal with the craziness. So trusting has a lot to do with forgiveness. If you can master how to forgive someone, you'll be able to move on into a new relationship without having the effects of the past relationship interfering. Because again, when you forgive, it is as if something never happened or the person is no longer considered guilty. So in a nutshell, how do I learn to trust without letting my past experiences affect the new relationship? Meditate on forgiveness. Study it. Get in your word and see what Jesus said about forgiveness. Then act on it. Not only will you grow spiritually, but you will see that the new relationship will be affected by it as well, but in a good way. And listener, I'm going to add this as well. Draw closer to the Holy Spirit. He is an awesome teacher. Part of his job is to lead, guide, and bring you into the truth. So many things can be avoided if we would just listen to the Holy Spirit. So, listener, I hope you got something out of this. Till next time, question number two. The writer asks, how will you know if the person you are seeing slash dating is, quote, the one, end quote? And is there a time frame you should know so you won't waste your time? Good question. Hmm. Okay. First part of the question, how will you know if the person you are seeing slash dating is, quote, the one, unquote? When I read seeing or dating, I think about two people who are doing just that. They're just seeing somebody or dating somebody and marriage is not on their mind. They're just hanging out. Well, marriage is probably on her mind, but probably not his. And ladies, I only say that because we're sort of wired like that. Folks don't say courting anymore. Back in the day, it was courting. Courting was when a brother asked her parents if he could take her out. Marriage is on his mind. He brings her flowers or candy. He dines her. He's letting her know where he stands and where he's at in his life. He lets her know he is able to take care of her and provide for her. He lets her know his future plans. If she's interested, she will allow him to court her. And then they talk and they talk and they talky talk and they talk the talk and they talk and talk and talk. And then they talk some more about the expectations. They talk about the wants and the needs and stuff like that. So I'm going to say to the writer, 
who wants to know, how will I know if he slash she is the one with marriage on their mind? That's how I'm going to put that question. I think that's what the writer is saying. How will I know if he or she is the one with marriage on the mind? If I'm wrong with the interpretation of the question, then resend the question. So let me allow the Holy Spirit to just flow. You could be seeing multiple people or dating multiple people. And that's all you're doing. You're just hanging out. No one has marriage on the mind. Christians don't date for the sake of dating. A brother should be courting a sister with marriage on the mind. And ladies, just let me say this. We don't use a brother to get a free meal out of the deal. We don't take advantage of the brothers. We don't play with issues of the heart. We don't lead a brother on to believe the relationship is going somewhere. We let him know in a kind of way that we're not interested by saying, hey, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste your money on me, knowing that my feelings are not the same as yours. We don't use them or tell our girlfriends and treat it as a joke. By doing the right thing, not only will the brother honor you, but he will respect you for being honest because the brothers know. Us ladies know how to spend a brother's money, okay? I know I'm saying a lot, but this question brings out so much. So back to the question. How will I know if he slash she is the one? Well, before I got married, I used to ask the same question. I too wanted to know. The answer that I would get was always, you will know. What? What you mean? I will know. Again, folks, they would always say, you'll know. As my husband courted me, I then knew what they were talking about. So now when I hear this question, you know what? It lets me know about this person's prayer life. Wasn't expecting that, was you? Yes, it lets me know about a person's prayer life. In any situation, not just relationships, the Holy Spirit will speak to you concerning all things. This question involves the Holy Spirit. I can't say that enough. Again, part of the Holy Spirit's job is to guide us, to lead us, and bring us into the truth. Better yet, you should read it for yourself. It's in John 16. Or how about this? Let us read it together. John 16, we're going to start at verse 12. Verse 12 says, I have yet many things to say to you. Now, this is in red. This is Jesus talking. As my bishop says, this is the hot sauce. It says, Jesus says, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, he meaning the Holy Spirit, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you, meaning he will show you into all truth. For he, talking about the Holy Spirit, shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. For he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and show it to you. So it's not just showing you kingdom things, but it will show you, he will show you all things, okay? So let the Holy Spirit do his job and you do your part by allowing him to speak to you. Young folks, so many things can be avoided if you, we, us, would just listen and obey the Holy Spirit. Get a relationship with him. Okay, the last part of that question asks, is there a time frame? You should know so you won't waste your time. Again, to me, dating is just that. It's dating. It's not about marriage. But nowadays, folks say dating instead of courting. 
So to me, there is a difference. I'm just saying, okay. So if you're dating someone with the hopes of getting married, I would think that the two of you have discussed this and you're on the same page, right? I mean, this can't be a, like a one-sided thing. Are you talking about it or are you just hoping and a wishing? I'm talking about ladies. Are you hoping and a wishing and a praying that one day he will pop the question? If the two of you decide that you will get married, then you need to talk and talk and talky talk and talky to talky to talk and talk, talk and talk and talk some more. You're going to be talking about marriage. You're going to be talking about what you're looking for, what you're expecting. Do you want children? Does one or both of you already have children? Some people know right away if they can put up with someone for a lifetime. I believe it only takes about five or 10 minutes. And this is my belief. I believe it only takes about five or 10 minutes of a conversation before I realize if even if I even want to be bothered in those five to 10 minutes, you're not only listening to him or her, but you're listening to what your spirit is saying. I got so tired of being approached by Mr. Wrong till I flat out said, okay, Lord, going forward, I want to know, is this your son who truly loves you? Because if he loves you, then he will love me. From that moment forward, everyone, anybody who approached me, I knew in five to 10 minutes, if I should give this brother my time, I would let him talk. And all while in my spirit, I'm saying, Lord, is this your son? Immediately, he would say, nope. From that moment on, very nicely, I would shut it down. Now, that's what I did. What are you going to do? Lots of folks are seeing and dating for years, plural. And that's all they get is seeing and dating. I believe for six or seven months, it's all fluffy. You meet somebody, six or seven months go by, it's just a bunch of fluff. Nobody's being real. You're only showing your personality. Did you know that you could fake a personality? Everything is so cute and it's so nice. Lord Jesus. After six or seven months, I believe the true character sticks his head out. And single folks, that's what you want to see. The true character. You now begin to see the ugly side of the person. What they're like when they're angry. And by the way, ladies and men, you want to see that side of a person before you marry them. When you approach a year, I believe you should know if he or she is the one. <clears throat> if there are children involved, then I believe it should be an additional year with children. When folks start getting into three, four, even five years of seeing someone, it's time to cut it loose, especially if marriage is what you want. Why are you wasting time? Four years, five years, come on. You should know by that time, if you are ready or not ready to go down that line. And if those many years have, have gone by, you're not ready to go down that line. That person has taken you off the market all that time. And for what? So let's go back to the question. Is there a time frame you should know so you won't waste your time? Yes, I do believe there is a time frame, but the time frame may differ for each couple. I believe once the year approaches, you need to decide what you're going to do and what you want. If children are involved, I think it should be two years. So, listeners, as I said in my uh, debut, eat the hay, spit the sticks. Please keep the questions coming, and I'm waiting on the questions from the brothers. Thus far, it's only been the ladies, and I appreciate you ladies. Make sure you keep sending the questions to TMI 
D-I-N-A-O at gmail.com. Till next time, this is Saturday Morning Live, and I am your host, Minister Nancy Weiss, saying, Single folks, he who is married cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please him. God has given you everything you need for your God-given purpose. Focus on your purpose, for in your purpose, you will find much pleasure, much wealth, happiness, and maybe your spouse, if that's your desire. To the hubbies, don't allow pride to get in the way of your marriage. God said to love your wife the way he loves the church. Hubby, when was the last time you took your wife into your arms, looked her in her eyes and said, thank you for saying I do. You mean so much to me. Then kiss her softly and just walk away. Wifey, when was the last time you planned a breakfast in bed with him? The keep is planned. Every little detail of this breakfast should be planned. It should be thought out. The napkin, the plate, the fork, the toothpick, his favorite breakfast food, even right down to his favorite cup. Wifey, make it happen. This is TMI signing off. Deuces. <laughs>